glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The show where we take a stroll down memory lane to remember our favorite horror movies. It's Kyle here for another week, your host, and what a week it is. Spider-Man is back in the MCU, and all is well in the world. It is October, the second week of October when this releases, and Halloween is right around the corner. We're coming up on our third year anniversary of the gory days. I started this in October of 2017, or no, I guess two years. (laughs) I can't even do math. Two year anniversary of the gory days. I started this in October, Halloween. Oh, thank you very much. Um, And it's coming up for Halloween. Halloween. I should do something special for that uh, week. That would be fun. Definitely. Um, But before we get into all that and our movie of the day, I have a question. What is horror? When we talk about a horror movie and what it is, it seems like we're just as quick to say what it isn't and compartmentalize a movie so we know, oh, it's not a romance, so we can write all of that out of our head. And this movie today that we're talking about, Bone Tomahawk, was brought to me by a fantastic person, and I can't wait to see what she thinks horror is, because I've seen this movie, and I would hesitate to call it a horror film, but that's pretty subjective when you break it down. If I was afraid of flying, maybe uh, any movie movie with flying scenes in it would be horror to me. Uh, So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest today. She is a creative executive based right here in Los Angeles. Please welcome to the show, Mihi Eccles. Hi. (laughs) Oh, that's our lukewarm (laughs) studio audience. Sorry, they're they're really sarcastic. Thank you for having me, Kyle. Um, Absolutely. I'm happy to have you on. Yes. I. So this is your first podcast, right? Yes, yes it is. How do I sound? <laughs> You're doing great so far. <laughs> I'll let you know if at any point you mess up, okay. and uh, I'll give you notes, of course. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but um, what is uh, what is your relationship to this movie, Bone Tomahawk? When- so, yeah. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that you did not think it was horror, <laughs> um, because Craig as Zoller himself doesn't consider this horror. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Yeah. The writer, director, yes. and co-scorer of yes. the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, S. Craig Zoller. So yeah. I, I did some research on him, and this was his feature film directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I assume he must have had some indie projects or short films before then, but mm-hmm. he followed this up with the Vince Vaughn movie Brawl in mm-hmm. Cell Block 99. Yes, which is um, awesome. Oh, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? it yes, is it's that very horror? good. Um, no, I wouldn't say that was horror. Okay, and then mm-hmm. after that, he did Dragged Across Concrete yes. with Vince Vince Vaughn and unfortunately Mel Gibson. Right. Yes. Which <laughs> did I you don't. See that? No, I did not. Okay. Um, but that was a bigger budget thing, fifteen million. Oh wow. And it made I think like six hundred thousand. <laughs> That's that's a shame. This so, movie has kind of the same track record. It was made for 1.8 million, but mm-hmm. only made a scant like 360 thousand back. Right, right, right. It's distributed through Amazon, so they probably gave them a couple. You Interesting. Know? Um, but yeah, there was no profits to be seen. Huh. But that doesn't mean I don't love it and fans don't love it so uh before we get into the movie i want to ask about you you're a creative executive are you from la born and raised where, where, where'd you come from no i'm not from here i was born in korea but cool. um i say i'm from florida because that's where my parents retired okay or are still living um so yeah i drove here in my mazda 3 back in 2010 you drove from florida <laughs> 
Yeah. Like through the South? Yeah. Wow. All through the South. Were you alone? Um, with my sister. Okay. But she didn't drive that trip. I d- did all the driving. Oh um, we spent uh, two nights, um, bef- you know, because we, we were driving the whole time. Uh, the first time we slept outside of Houston. And then um, we drove wow, the you got whole from Florida day. To Houston. Yeah. Wow. One day. And then we drove the whole day, and I could not drive anymore. It was like whatever a.m., and I was like, we got to sleep again. We were still in Texas. <laughs> Texas is huge. It's so wide. <laughs> and then the next day, third day, we arrived. So, yeah, that's my journey here. And, and so were you doing uh, creative executive work in Florida before you moved out here? No, I wasn't. Um, that journey, the life is so funny, it Kyle. It really is. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to hear the story. It's, it's, so, I had no idea. I had come to L.A. in pursuit of going to theater school i went to american academy of dramatic arts um i saw somewhere read somewhere that paul rudd had gone there okay and so well um, that was enough for you i mean if i want to be like paul rudd i have to go to that school i think we should all be so lucky we all want to be like paul yeah (laughs) in pursuit of paul rudd um and so it was a two-year program okay um graduated out of there is that here in la Mm -hmm. okay um next to the jim henson studio oh very cool yeah okay downtown yeah yeah um and and I flandered about auditioning, kept doing the thing that I went to school for. Which was theater. Uh, which was theater. Um, didn't land much. And then in those, you know, you have to listen to the messages the universe is giving you. And I didn't win any auditions or l- win a lottery or land the gig or whatever Mm -hmm. and so in in those subsequent like lessons I was like okay that's not my track Um, what do I want to and it wasn't fulfilling me creatively in those auditions you know like it was mostly commercial auditions like eat a burger this way what would you have wanted to do um, well you know like (laughs) actors like want to express their insides you know in ways that they can't every day and so at that time that's what I wanted to do but those opportunities weren't coming to me and so I had to channel my creative outlet uh, just decide okay that's not how I'm gonna make it quote-unquote in this business Mm -hmm. um and so I had to reevaluate how do I want to express myself creatively okay well I love reading I analyzed tons of plays during school oh well can I do that in this city um okay well I love reading so okay I can read scripts is there a job where I can read scripts and be paid for it and you know what there is. Yeah, there's actually a lot of people yeah. <laughs> that are hiring for that exact kind of job. Yeah, and so I pivoted my um, track and path. To coverage. Uh, to Yeah, to coverage. And then eventually I was interning and then development, you know, internships and stuff. And I came to Cindy Cowan Entertainment. I was hired as a development associate. And then eventually I was promoted to creative executive. That's fantastic. Yeah. So now for people who don't know, what does a creative executive do? Right. So Cindy um, is an established producer. She has um, garnered four Oscars with the film Traffic. Wow. Um, I so, love that movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, I don't know if we'll ever do it on this show, but it's great. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and her time is very precious. She can't, she reads a lot, but she can't read 
everything. Sure. And so that's where I come in. I read a lot. Um, and I have helpers to uh, help me with in that endeavor. But um, when I read stuff, I say, okay, this is good. It has potential or, oh, this isn't worth our time. This isn't worth your time, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I basically vet the projects that should get in front of her eyeballs. Right. Mm-hmm. So for, yeah, uh, p- listeners out there who may or may not understand the process, uh, there are producers that obviously cannot be expected to read everything that comes onto their desk. And so they have uh, sometimes script coverage assistants, sometimes creative executives. Um, but there's a number of people that will read the gosh, I can only imagine how many scripts get submitted to Cindy Cowan or to any of these other studios that they need people to review them. But not just, you know, to say that the formatting's good, they also want your subjective uh, impressions. So you kind of have to cultivate yourself as a reviewer. Uh, is that how you think of yourself? Yeah, and every production company is different. So um, I know Cindy's taste. I know what she's looking for. Um, and so I have to hone my critical thinking skills to what she would be thinking of a project or see the potential in such a project. I bet that makes you a fantastic creative executive. So let me roll back the clock a little bit to something that you said, which I want to I want to highlight and applaud your emotional intelligence and your uh, like self-bravery. It takes a lot to... You came out here as an actor and you have that act... I assume you still have that fire in you and to... It takes so much to take something that you went to school for, and I'm speaking kind of for myself, I have a degree in music composition, but where's that going to get me? Um, So what you've done is you've taken this passion that you've had and you've reframed it as maybe I have skills that could be better used in the same realm that can get me parts of what I want in a way that, that this town isn't already giving me. And a lot of people probably need to do that, and it's hard. It, it, it's hard to to tell your parents, tell yourself that, oh, this thing I like really, really wanted to do and tried isn't working out. So like you said, I'm pivoting. But a pivot isn't a, a failure. It, if anything, it's the opposite. It's you recognizing your strengths and the reality. It's being a pragmatist. And so I, I want to make sure that that's, that comes across that. That's amazing. You've done a really important yeah, thing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's catapulted you to success. In my opinion, I think you're very successful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't think people, and I used to think in this way where um, whenever I would meet people who pursued acting at one point and aren't doing that, I would think, oh, they just gave up. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's really not the story. Um, and, and that's why I say life is so crazy and life is so weird. It really is, it was, especially here. It was merely a stepping point in my storyteller's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if I'm going to be creative executive for long, because what's the future hold? What do you want to do? Um, do you want to go back? Back to acting or no, writing? Uh, okay. I, <laughs> and I have to say, I have zero desire to be on stage or in front of the camera. I get like sweaty palms and anxiety just thinking about it now. Mm. That's in your rear view mirror. Yes, that's in the yes, past. yes. 100%. Okay. And so that's why. And it wouldn't even hurt me if people were like, oh, you failed at acting. Well, um, I guess you, it takes failures 
bunch of failures and bunch of stumbles to realize your successes. You I've know? heard failure is learning. Mm-hmm. That if you succeed at everything and no one's ever told you to improve, mm-hmm. then you really have no rubric of mm-hmm. what is good and what is bad. You need those failures to learn from. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so... uh, And I want to tell everyone out there, if you feel like you need to change your path or whatever, don't consider it as like, end all be all failure. It's just it's just merely a stepping stone to serve you at that point in time of your life. Exactly. And I love that you uh, refer to it as your story that uh, there's chapters to your life that are all (laughs) culminating in yeah, what will surely be an amazing third act where all of the things from the first (laughs) act are are played on and it's great. But it's it's this act two that everyone lives their life in where you're struggling towards your goal. And of course, you can't get everything you want. Otherwise, it's a boring movie. Yeah, yeah, it makes it much better at the end. Does your sister still live in town? Um, No, she's in Florida. She drove out here with me and then she went back. That was really nice of her. What yeah. does she do? She's a teacher. Okay. Yeah. Does she teach theater or just a... She teaches not just, second grade. Okay. That's yeah. really important. Yes, And I hope she makes all the money that she needs. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now we can turn back to this. Do you have a relationship with Bone Tomahawk? Did you see it when it came out or did you actually read it? The uh, script? No, I didn't. I wish I did. Um, no, it was brought to us me and my husband through um his friend and recommended it um and so we just watched it on amazon prime and it was so great it is it, it's i'm so, so glad you brought it yeah and no one knows about it like I literally <laughs> no one and it got a limited release i was surprised because yeah, it's so no, good yeah it's so good and um whenever i find gems like these i feel so like giddy inside and i want to tell everyone about it um because it's not marvel or and yeah it's, you know, um, and so I just want to celebrate Bone Tomahawk. Kurt Russell's brilliant. Oh my God, he's so good. He's so the whole good. cast is so good. It's so Patrick good. Wilson, Matthew Fox. I Matthew know. Matthew Fox from Lost. I know. Has this amazing character I know. in this he, movie. He wanted, He was like so happy with this project because he always wanted to do a Western. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and so <laughs> he was so happy with this project. Richard Jenkins is I the best. love Richard Jenkins and everything. I know, and it's so funny when he fir- when his character first showed up in yeah. this. I did not recognize him at yeah. all, yeah. and it wasn't until like maybe four scenes later that I was like, yeah. "That's Richard Jenkins." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Chicory, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, and his com- his comedic lines and just the pure like essence of that character is yeah. just like so refreshing. And so let's talk about how the movie got made really quick. In two thousand seven, S. Uh, Craig Zoller writes this script, and then. I guess kind of sits on it I mean this is Hollywood it isn't like TV where you have a script you pitch it it's made within enough time to premiere during fall season and then that's it you move on to your next project this is like what other movie did we cover I think it was maybe Hereditary um, where the script had been written back in like 2002 and they just didn't they pitched it all for years and it didn't get picked up so in 2007 he writes this script and at some point uh, doing my research there was very little info for this so at some point Jack Heller and Dallas Saunier produce it for about 1.8 million they shoot it in 21 days in Southern California and bam RLG Entertainment acquires the distribution rights in uh, August 2015 So then, 
RLG, RLJ Entertainment premieres it at Austin, Texas's Fantastic Fest, where it gets amazing reception. Uh, and then finally, it has its limited release on October 23rd, 2015, right in time for Halloween, which plays into like the you know horror elements. And I'm curious why Amazon calls it horror, mm-hmm. IMDb calls it horror, Wikipedia mm-hmm. calls it horror, but you're saying the director doesn't call it mm-hmm. horror. So yeah. how did this like uh, moniker get slapped onto it? I think uh, because of the the end. When yeah. You... I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical <laughs> open-ended question. We'll yeah. get to it, so I don't mean yeah. to put you on the spot. I, I mean, you being male, I mean, probably cringed more than I did. That's an interesting thing that I want to talk about because, yes, I did kind of watch this with a male gaze mm-hmm. and I was totally blinded after I, I finally talked with it with my fiance and I was blinded yeah. to some of the more like female horror of this movie that mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to. Um, so really quick, uh, S. Craig Zoller wrote, directed and co-scored this movie. He's one of those people who doesn't want anyone else touching mm-hmm. it. He's going to do as much as he can by himself. Co-scored with Jeff Harriet. And it's funny. I don't remember the music that well in this movie it's only at the end it's really out of yeah. the way yeah yeah, yeah. I really don't minimalist think, i don't think there is any music i, I don't think, think there's any scoring. no no it's just the end i think there's just credit. like some some like wispy violin or something when they are desecrating the burial mm-hmm. ground in the beginning the two of them mm-hmm. um and maybe yeah i think it's just the end credits mm-hmm. or something yeah. but and then that's not even the song they wrote that's some like w- old western i forgot right. my phone identified it but uh anyway what i wanted to talk about is this guy is a director screenwriter cinematographer novelist and musician yeah. he does uh, everything i think he has 21 projects optioned at this <sighs> current moment holy crap <laughs> wow that is a hot director that yeah. you want to tie yourself to. Um, but I was interested to learn that he had written a series of westerns, not a series, but yeah. just a bunch of mm-hmm. westerns before this. Yeah. And Kurt Russell actually like read one of them in 2013 and has one of his comments on the back of the yeah. book. And then he went on to direct him in this movie, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I'm not a fan of western. Um, I didn't set out thinking oh because i love all the westerns i'm gonna watch this also um it was it just took me by surprise i'm really relieved to hear you say that because <laughs> i am not either and yeah. i don't know it's like if but you a, loved it still oh my god yeah, yeah it was so good but but this genre if there's any genre that maybe should move on yeah. it's westerns because yes. like for multiple reasons yeah. it values some things that you know we've kind of evolved beyond right yeah the toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and, and males the racism. having to be heroes yeah right yeah. damsels in distress straight yes. white men being the the yes. saviors yes, yes. all of the people of color being yes. relegated to yeah yeah yes. um, um and then after i suggested this i took a step back was like oh did i make a wrong choice because you know i should have chosen you know female-led something or other oh, for your sake to yeah, be like yeah, oh yeah. i'm a good representation <laughs> yeah. of female yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. well i think you've chosen a great movie because in fact samantha oh uh oh yeah oh dwyer actually has a lot of agency to her mm-hmm. character she does um and uh anyway yeah let's just get right into it with our first uh segment i should say that on mic anyway let's get right into it with our first segment here what the hell just happened? 
is where we're going to briefly go through the movie uh, and talk about what happened in it. Simply the plot. So we'll try our best not to uh, seep in um, our thoughts and uh, themes and things like that. We'll just try to go beat by, or not beat by beat, but it's really nice. The movie's structured in five days. They established pretty early on that we're going to make a five-day ride in Mm -hmm. three days. Mm -hmm. We're going to ride fast and sleep as little as possible. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that in the movie and going like, oh, this is exciting. They got to go. Yeah. So the whole inciting incident starts with David Arquette and Sid Haig. Um, They're like bandits Mm -hmm. and they they kill people and they desecrate an Indian burial burial ground. It's a common trope that you see in horror movies. So when when the movie started, I was like, oh, okay, I could see how this is going to be a Western horror. And then David Arquette, long story short, gets shot by the sheriff, played by uh, Kurt Russell. So really quickly, I feel like I should have done this first. The movie stars Kurt Russell as Sheriff Hunt, Patrick Wilson as Arthur O'Dwyer, Matthew Fox as Mr. John Bruder, the great Richard Jenkins as uh, Deputy Chicory, Lily Simmons as Samantha O'Dwyer, uh, David Arquette, as I mentioned, and Sid Haig as uh, these two people in the beginning, Purvis and Buddy. And then finally, Evan Yonigkite as Nick. He's kind of a minor character, mm-hmm. but he gets brutalized later. Yeah. But um, So those are our characters. The uh, inciting incident is when Sheriff Hunt shoots Purvis, David Arquette's character, which apparently he has a history of doing. They explain that like he's a sheriff that kind of shoots first and asks questions later, <laughs> specifically shooting them in the foot. <laughs> anyway, that guy has to, uh, the, the Purvis that they shot goes to jail, but he's got a bullet in him. So they need to get a doctor, but the doctor is drunk, which is another fun trope. So they have to get Samantha O'Dwyer, who's like the de facto doctor, who's married to Patrick Wilson's character, Arthur O'Dwyer. Mm-hmm. So we've established that Arthur O'Dwyer has a broken leg. He was a worker and his wife told him not to do some particular job that the foreman asked him to do and he did it anyway so he broke his leg so he's completely infirm for they established he'll be that way for 12 weeks as long as he like tends to it like he's supposed to which he does not anyway they wake up the next morning and his wife is gone and Purvis is gone and Nick is gone the deputy everyone that was supposed to be watching this guy is gone and the only evidence is some like bows and arrows and stuff so they ask the professor which is super funny played by um Zon McLarnon who I looked up just I wanted to make sure that he is in fact Native American so mm-hmm. it's okay that he's playing a Native American yeah. for representation's sake yeah. and uh, he's the one that explains to us that uh, it's a, ca- uh, a tribe of cannibals that are technically Native American but are so like gone and so evil that even he looks down on them as like a subspecies and so they put a posse together Kurt Russell's character Sheriff Hunt Arthur O'Dwyer John Bruder and Chicory the four of them are going to go out to find Mrs. O'Dwyer how do they know where they're going they don't really they just know they have to get to caves Right. I'm trying to remember how they're like, we got to ride fast. It's five days. So that means they know where the destination is. Yeah. Maybe it was in that exchange. Does with the professor the, say? Yeah. Must, must have been troglodytes are based out of X or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there's only one area where we know caves are and right. they're there. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, it's supposed to be a five day trip and it's fun. The movie breaks itself down to these nights and days. So uh, they walk out of there. Night one, Chickory tells his story about the bath book, which is fun. We'll get back to. Uh, then the next day, Arthur's leg is getting worse oh. and worse. Every time they show that leg, I'm always like, oh, mm-hmm. no, please don't show it. Uh, so that's day two. Night two, they like get ambushed by, uh, I guess, a Mexican, like, car- not cartel. 
but like a band of robbers and they steal all their horses so what was supposed to be like oh we'll get there tomorrow is now stretched out to we have to walk and Arthur with his broken leg can't keep up and it just gets worse and worse and worse and so much of this movie is just Arthur walking it's just an extended shot and yet it's still good mm-hmm. um, so anyway uh, Arthur continues to walk his leg gets worse uh, they like imply they're going to amputate his leg in this really will they won't they scene and yeah. then it's revealed that no they don't we uh, develop some more of the characters as we learn Bruder's past and Chicory's relationship with his wife and mm, I guess not really much of Kurt Russell's character yeah. uh, we, I guess we, we already know enough about him but on day number four they arrive they get to the cannibals like cave mm-hmm. and then it all hits the fan <laughs> Uh, very quickly, Mr. Bruder's killed. Uh, Arthur and or um, Sheriff Hunt and Chicory are uh, not kidnapped, but imprisoned. And that's where they see that Samantha's alive. And so is Nick. For now, they quickly kill Nick as like a show of, oh, this is what we might do to you. So like the 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 cannibals are real they're there they're super strong they roar they're like monsters there's some mysticism to it and then finally arthur arrives he continues like i'm skipping some stuff but eventually arthur gets there and more or less saves the day it's kind of a combination of everyone killing all the various uh cannibals to uh save themselves but he comes in and he saves the day and the movie ends with sheriff hunt unfortunately dying in a really heroic way and Chicory, Odwa- uh, Arthur, and his wife, Samantha, get away. And they go home, and that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what the hell's happened. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now that we got through there, we can move on to... Uh, I guess I, I kind of want to rearrange these. We can call them... This next one is uh, Theory Canal, where we talk about... Kind of like things that weren't answered in this movie, but we had ideas about. So I'll start with the big one right off of the bat, which is. What's the deal with the cannibals? Right. They're like super strong. But yeah. Because because uh, the, the reason I say that is the the jail cell that they've created in the cave yeah. is like giant wooden poles that they like push rail spikes into stone with their hands. Yeah. And so that made me think like, oh, my God, they're super strong. They're really strong. And like ripping Nick in half when they do that. Yeah. Like that takes more than just two people. I- Oh, excuse me. I assume um, <laughs> they are super strong. But, yeah. So I mean, um, like, where did you come at it? Just like the the professor said, these uh, and you know there was only a dozen of them. And That's right. Th- they established that very clearly, which yeah. I appreciated, because uh, then at the end when they were killing the tragalolites, uh-huh. they could do a countdown of okay, three were dead outside. Two, two we can maybe. Um, poison two of them yeah. with the opium it's fun it, yeah you as the audience start counting yeah 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 and so okay there's this many left that patrick wilson alone will have to take on seven maybe uh-huh. and then um and then samantha said okay there's p- two pregnant women yeah um and so you they establish that number count so it's not an infinite amount of these 
tribesmen that they have to fight. It's a testament to this script. It's a really well-written script. Mm-hmm. While they establish the time of five days yep. is like how long it's going to take, the number of uh, cannibals yep. so that we know, okay, we're counting down. But yep. I think they throw like one extra in to make it be like, oh, there was... Because I remember counting and, uh-huh. and I think there was like one extra because she says oh, there's a dozen, the, maybe more. Yeah, and then yeah. the head guy, the yeah. boar. Who like has boar tusks in him? Yeah. Is he like growing them or were they just stuck into his head? I, I couldn't tell. I don't know. It was great makeup. It is really good. Um, yeah. And they're probably strong because they eat like people's legs well that's the thing that i wanted to get to um but i guess we'll move away really quick because the one thing i want to highlight is the sound design in this movie specifically when things are getting broken or like sliced or chunked it's really really like i did not expect as much gore in this movie as there was and and yet there's not a ton it's mostly reserved to the end of the movie Mm -hmm. but specifically every time arthur trips or falls I would gasp because I assumed he just broke his yes, leg, like yeah. compound fracture. But it's yeah. the wood. It's the splint on the side of the leg. Yeah. But it's so effective, yeah. though, every time I know, he falls. It's so cringeworthy. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he does such a good job, though, of like of selling that wound. Oh, it's yeah. so good. All of the pain. And uh, I mean, I mean, you're an actor. That portrayal, trying to like reach into yourself for, for not just, you know, the emotional pain of, oh, my gosh, am I going to find my wife? The, the physical, real world, immediate pain of my leg is on fire yeah i like they built that um obstacle against him because he had to be left behind while the rest went ahead yeah and so that's how they were able to sort of overcome the the troglodytes mm-hmm. i don't know how to say no it. worries no worries um, uh i think that it's troglodytes troglodytes and i looked that up apparently it's uh, the definition is any person who lives in a cave Oh, and then the second definition is a person who willful, uh, who is willfully underdeveloped, hmm. like who chooses to be uh, uh, like a not caveman. evolved. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it's more of like a put down, you know, like like calling. Oh, you're a troglodyte. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't understand, you <laughs> troglodyte, like you philistine. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, so by calling them that, not only is it uh, uh, calling them dumb and lesser, it's calling mm-hmm. it's dehumanizing them. It's yeah. making them the, uh, like monsters, right. which is really hammered home with their roar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the professor establishes that they don't have a language, they don't have a culture. They're basically animals mm-hmm. in like that otherworldly roar. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about this scene, the one where Arthur like cuts the windpipe oh. out of him. Yeah. Maybe I missed something, but how did he know to do that? I knew you were going to ask that. Because <laughs> the whole time I was watching it, I was like, what I is knew, he doing? I knew you were going to ask that because, <laughs> I, and I think it was just his like instinct and impulse in that moment when he had killed that one. Uh-huh. Um, and you see it visibly out of their He shot like, him in the neck. Pipe. Yeah. Um, and so... And he must have heard it from afar, uh-huh. the roar they do t- to signal each other. And I think it was just his like a frontiersman instinct to rip that out and use it as a whistle. Yeah. Are we in Theory Canal or Mystery LLC? I think we're in Theory Canal, and I accidentally asked the question, so that was a spoiler alert. But um, my theory for uh-huh. the monsters, for the cannibals, mm-hmm. is that they are uh, kind of an offshoot of the Wendigo legend. Are you familiar? No. Ooh, all right, Tell we'll settle it. in. So, in Native American folklore, and uh, I think there's elements of it in tribes that are super far apart still, it's just a common thing that gets brought up, is um, 
in Native American tribes, there are often the stories of members of their tribe that ventured off into the woods, got lost, and resorted to cannibalism. Mm. And the combination of being in like nature and eating uh, your own kind Mm -hmm. turns you into another monster. And Mm -hmm. I've heard it called the Wendigo, Mm -hmm. which um, like for those of you who read Marvel comics, there's a character called Wendigo. Who's a Hulk villain that, you know, has, he looks like an abominable snowman with a Mm -hmm. tail essentially. Um, But I've seen other interpretations like the video game until dawn. They Mm -hmm. had Wendigo that are much more just uh, elongated, grotesque humans. So I think that's kind of what they're going for Mm -hmm. in this movie without like giving it, to us because mm-hmm. they they have you know extra like bones or something they mm-hmm. use they're savages they eat people um and so that's that's my theory mm-hmm. is that uh they're supposed to be like an offshoot of the wendigo oh yeah because i read a thing that said the director intentionally left those mystic elements ambiguous so that they could be discussed just like this mm-hmm. so where did you fall on it did you see them as uh extra abilityed or do you see them as just regular savages I guess I just took it as regular savages. And then they obviously have a family unit they yeah. abide by. And they obviously love that sacred burial ground because otherwise none of this would have happened. That's the so, one piece of culture I can point yeah, to. Yeah, so they um, have tradition and they have their ways and they it's important to them. Um, and yeah, so I just took it as it's a different tribe that lives. Okay. Now. So I like that. Let's follow that thread. They're not necessarily nomadic. They they have a home base of the caves where they have their women that I assume are literally just there to give birth. Like they stabbed their eyes oh, out gosh, and they're, yeah. they're hobbled. So uh, they yeah. just lay there. Yeah. It's they really, had chopped off their limbs. It's At first I was like, what am I looking at here? I thought it was like slug people. Yeah. But then you see them and God, that was probably one of the more fridge horror parts for me yeah. is that they're going to starve to death there. They're going to die and they're going to like, starve to death yeah. no one's gonna find them and they can't uh, fend for themselves so that like really shook me mm-hmm. after the movie ended uh that they didn't just put them out of their misery but that I would know. be so much worse i guess um so they're not nomads they don't move around they're they're pretty central i'd have to imagine there would be animals or i don't know we see the landscape and it's pretty barren mm-hmm. this seems to be at a time after like buffalo have been almost completely wiped out yeah 1800s. Uh, 1890s. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's around when California became a state. Oh, that's interesting. Right? I don't know. I don't know my <laughs> state history. Uh, maybe I should. When did Korea become a thing? Oh, right. Well, post-Japanese occupation. Okay. Yeah. So is that... 30s. 1930s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know more about your country really than I know recent. about my state. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so... We can assume that they stole the horses from the beginning out of that stable. Did they? Uh, I don't think they harmed the horses. They just... Or did they? I'm thinking about the scene where Buford dies. Yeah. Yeah, No, they they kill Buford... But do they steal the horses? Well, because Wallington comes in and he asks them, uh, what are you going to do about all of my horses? I guess that or could mean they they're kill, dead. Yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't think, think about that. they killed them to, you know. That would make more sense because my question would then be, did they eat the horses? What mm-hmm. happened to the horses? Because right. um, they obviously wouldn't fit in the cave. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably better that they just killed them all. Yeah. They probably just killed them all. And the- yet, weren't they looking for a colt with one horseshoe missing? Because they said that, oh, well, follow the tracks because that was uh the bartender's horse he said uh oh my horse i came in to get him a new horseshoe and they was gone huh i don't know 
I need to rewatch. <laughs> it's okay. There's a couple of uh, unanswered questions here, but we'll get to that later. No um, theory canal. Uh, let's see. Did I have any other theories? Um, no, I guess uh, maybe they'll come back up in my questions, but uh, uh, unless you had any other theories, we can move on to our next segment. No, yeah, I have no other theories. Which is kills, kills, kills. So on, this is the gory days. Mm-hmm. I dropped my clipboard. This is the gory days. And so typically we're going to talk about gore on this uh, podcast. So yeah. there is gore. Yeah. It opens the first shot of the movie is a dude getting his throat like violently sliced. Yeah. Yeah. He's like pushing through it. Yeah. It's it's nasty. And yeah, there isn't that much blood. No. I feel like But when there is that scene, you know, when there are scenes, it is very cringeworthy and it's like absurdly gory yeah thank you so that's something that i got out of this is there are parts of it that are just gratuitous and they don't serve the scene it's just it just feels like oh yeah blood more blood (laughs) and i had i had trouble like suspending my disbelief for those scenes like yeah specifically let's just get to it nick nick Uh is the goriest scene in the whole movie Uh he gets scalped and then his scalp is shoved into his mouth and then he's like stabbed in the back of the throat and then they chop his dick and then they rip him in half yeah and like the whole time that was happening i was I was with them yeah. when the the scalp. I was yeah. with them when they shoved in his head. Yeah. I was with them when they were cutting him. Yeah. And then they rip him in half, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, all right." Because <laughs> well, what do you do with with livestock? That, that's what I was going to. That's that's what I was going to get to. Is yeah. that you skin it and you treat the meat like you boil it or mm-hmm. you cook it in some way? These are mm-hmm. such savages mm-hmm. that they're willing to kick these entrails that is good food mm-hmm. onto the dirt, and mm-hmm. then you see him just kind of like chicken legging his leg which doesn't look cooked yeah and so it's bizarre like i think um it's to serve the purpose of elevating the stakes absolutely um it's to show like this is what we'll do to you yeah you're next yeah um and their strength too that's yes 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 uh and oh that i think that's why it's labeled horror honestly just because of that one yeah 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 and uh just like I guess it's horror because the villains in it are monsters. You mm-hmm. know, they're not people. You right. can call them people, but they have an extra windpipe that, that mm-hmm. lets them roar. And such. A, it, the subtitles always call it like eerie horn blowing, <laughs> but you find out later that's just them going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nick dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Sid Haig right at the beginning dies from, mm-hmm. I think it's like a bow and arrow right through the head. Yeah. Every kill that's a bow and arrow or something is so shocking because there's yeah. no music. There's mm-hmm. no like setup. Yeah. There's no spike. It's just, I'm a character doing my thing and poof, mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. Very shocking. Very effective. Yeah. And those deaths, see like when I watch it, I don't know how you feel about it and I'd love to know, but gore for me, less is more. Like the the shots where people got their fingers gone or just like their foot or something like that, that means so much. Like if you, I I don't remember who said this, but um, a guy's head exploding in a movie, people go like, oh, wow, that's gross. But if you give a character a paper cut in a movie, suddenly everyone goes like, ooh, because they know what that feels like. I think that's what he does good in this. Yeah. It feels grounded mm-hmm. um, and realistic. Authentic, yeah, organic. And yeah, and to those people, how they would react in that yeah. moment. It's just this third act that goes like, it's like, oh, shoot, we're supposed to be horror. Uh, quick, let's chop someone up. That's what it feels like a little bit. And like with the way the sheriff, so so Nick dies, uh, Sid Haig dies at the beginning, Buford dies, the stable boy, he gets his neck uh 
his is weird because yeah. he gets killed in a way that I was like, oh, okay, that's just it. But, really quick. But then he gets like vivisected and his yeah. entrails come out too. Yeah. Once again, like just kind of over the top. Uh, who else do we get? <laughs> Ramiro. <laughs> Why did we name him? Who? Oh, so, so the night that they get ambushed, yes. it's a great moment because mm-hmm. it, it's this thing that never gets answered and you wonder... Could he, we have survived this if we didn't? So uh, at one point on night two, Bruder and everyone is asleep and they have someone approach them. And instead of shooting them right away, they actually get a chance to introduce themselves. And he mm-hmm. goes, uh, my name is Ramiro. This is my associate. Mm-hmm. Throw us your weapons. They disarm themselves. Mm-hmm. And then as they're like approaching to explain who they are, Bruder shoots them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Bruder explains like, they were either thieves, thieves mm-hmm. um, or even if they weren't, like they're they were a liability. We couldn't. They were probably going to kill us. Mm-hmm. And then Chicory goes over and sees that one of them's wearing a cross. And there's this question up in the air of were they? Oops, this is a question. <laughs> so so anyway anyway, I'll get that. Remind me to talk yeah, about that later. So it. Ramiro and his associate die yeah, there. Yes. Uh, Bruder's horse saucy, which is oh, so, sad. so sad. That that whole exchange, like he really was connected to that horse. Yeah, that's all he had because it was racist, just like him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like through his character development, we learned that he's had everything taken from him yeah. by Native Americans since he was ten, mm-hmm. and so it's this weird humanizing a really despicable character. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. How did you feel when they started to humanize this guy who's been, like, pretty much a monster the whole time who's well, yeah, proud he, of murdering? Right, yeah. He was boasting about town of all the you know, 116. Engines, yeah, that he had killed during this time uh-huh. and he's a womanizer and well that's the thing is when they first say he's killed them it's supposed to be like local color like that was a thing at the time some people really hated indians and mm-hmm. did that and then they go i also killed women and children mm-hmm. so like that throws a wrench into it right so and he doesn't have family he doesn't have a significant other all he has is his gun and, and his, his horse, horse yeah. who's very loyal to him and so loyal that he doesn't even go with the thieves. Yeah, which is so, which is so great because animals do, ha- you know, have loyalties and such. And so I felt so bad for the. That horse. part really did make me yeah, sad. The I horse's like, name is Saucy, which is a hilarious <laughs> name for a horse. And it was. I'm so glad they didn't show it because I don't know what know, state it was in, but know, obviously know, bad enough that Bruder had to shoot it. Yeah. yeah Are you an animal lover? Yes, I love animals. Do you have any more pets? than people? <laughs> oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> do you have any pets? Yeah, I have two cats and a chihuahua. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll have to see them at yeah. some point. Yeah. Um. So that's and, his... And it was to humanize Bruder mm-hmm. at, because he will sacrifice himself yeah, for the does. mission. He does. So, and, and it's for that impact, I think, later on. But it's a really interesting sacrifice because he says, I'm too vain to live as a cripple. Uh, like, he right. could have survived that. He, he lost his hand. And that's probably like the most blood I see in that movie is yeah. when he loses his hand. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in but the end, in he line. redeems himself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But that dialogue is in line with his character. Totally. Um, And that's what's so good about these characters. There's like, there aren't these long-winded monologues where mm -hmm. people tells you, this is my past and this is why I do this and Mm -hmm. now I'm going to do this. Uh, We just get these tiny little pieces. I mean, we get the most from Chicory because he's talkative. But but that's a character (laughs) trait too. We get get these characters fleshed out so much in the time uh, that they're traveling. Mm -hmm. It's great just to see half of them die. I know. Um, So let's see. We got Bruder. uh, Yeah, so Bruder dies. He says he's going to use the dynamite and that's a really sad thing is that he doesn't get to... Yeah, do I the know. big heroic yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I realize that too because I. That's what I wished 
happen too you know and i think the director knows that yeah is, um, but he didn't get, you know it doesn't go as he planned he gets killed before then yeah know? and that's a real that's a more realistic yeah. like oh yeah that's the that's wild happened. west because in movies you always if someone says i'm gonna i'm gonna hold them back right. then they have their grenade that they use mm-hmm. and it definitely works uh-huh. not all the time nope, not, not in real life and nope. definitely not in the west no not in the 1800s oh my god i kept thinking like uh arthur like even when he's in his home and he's being tended to by his wife i uh, and they show the wound the first time. I was like, "Oh, well, he's dead. He's gonna die." <laughs> you have any wound in this day and yeah. age, and you die. It's That's just true. what happens. Yeah, it's true. Uh, like we never learn how Nadine died. Uh, Chicory's wife. He's oh, a widower, right? But I Probably can only assume she got the, sick. Yeah, cholera. <laughs> yeah, dysentery. Um, so uh, then, uh, obviously, a lot of the cannibals die in yeah. various ways. But the big one is the sheriff. I yeah. thought he was going to die when he was getting choked. Oh my god! Did in you, that scene, the bone tomahawks oh, they yeah. use is so sharp. They're crazy sharp. They're like was, razor, razor blades. Razor sharp. Yeah. And when they just like graze his like side, and then the whole thing, and they stick that fl- burning hot flask back in there so that took premeditation like i thought when he tossed the flask in there it was just like oh this is garbage yeah but then he used it again when he realized heat metal conducts heat no i think the (laughs) the troglodyte just acted impulsively because this is what killed my mate I'm going <gasps> to shove this back in you. Oh, that, that is great. Yeah. I love that because we do hear Samantha say that yeah. one will die, but we never get the satisfaction of seeing him like keel over. Right. Well, they bring the body out and that's when they're oh, like. Oh, that's refer- the one. Yeah. That's when they're recompensing, you know, basically our maid is dead. Now you come out here, I'm going to kill you. I assumed they had gotten him from outside, from one of the ones that they killed. But that makes way more sense. Okay, so they bring in the dead guy who had died from the the The, opium. uh um, and. Tinctor, or whatever yeah, they yeah. call it, yeah, uh, which is great. I yeah. love that the opium is this like recurring uh, MacGuffin that, um, yeah, uh, you have to take it in tiny, tiny doses, tiny because yeah. apparently it kills you. Yeah, I, I, I thought like I knew you could OD, but it's like if yeah. he drinks a little, like they said they put two drops yeah. in the whiskey, yeah, and that was enough to kill him because he drank so much, right? Yeah, He's nuts, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, but yeah, I thought Sheriff was going to die when he's getting the bone like shoved into his mouth. I thought like, oh my God, what a horrible way to die. I'm so glad he didn't die that way. Um, but I think that's all of the deaths. Did I miss any? No, that's it. I think that's all of them. Okay. Then we're all done with kills, kills, kills. Now we can move on to our next segment, which I have memorized, (laughs) which is mystery LLC. So now we can finally get to those questions. Um, like what happened with the letter? Oh, the poem. Right, right, right. It's established early on yeah. that he's going to bring it with him to read to her when he gets there, but it's just kind of whatevered away as the he, movie ends. Right. That's, well, he read, he was like, oh, I feel shy about reading it yeah, out loud. Yeah, because he's a cowboy with a heart. Right, right, he's right. sensitive. Yeah, but <laughs> while she was tending to the prisoner in prison, he did read it out loud. Yeah. And was like, uh, and it was actually poetic. Yeah, for, but it's not a poem. It's a letter. Right. But it's and a poetic letter. And that's what he, said. he yeah. said. He's like, that ain't no poem, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it was to show how much they did have love for each other. Um, but there that, wasn't even a scene of him, like, opening it again and reading it during his All Was Lost moment. It's never brought Oh, up. I don't think he brought it with him. He did, though. Oh, he did? Yeah, there's, there's a shot of him going oh. like, oh... 
you'll hear it soon. And oh, I think it was maybe like, oh, honey, I'm coming to you. Okay. I kept like, expecting it to pay off in the third oh, act, gotcha. but it never did. So oh, okay. no worries. Um, so now we can talk about the uh, the Mexican Christians that come in. Mm-hmm. Were they a scouting party or were they just Christians or a priest or whatever? I think they had the intention of robbing their horse Interesting. and stuff. Okay. I, I think that was so their intention. So you think the worst of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Bruder was right. Okay. Br- Bruder has been through it all and I think his um, impulses and his like you know spidey senses were right um that's true it's just he's a that, survivalist yeah and it's just that there were more than two of them because they come back in a, in the night yeah but i love that the way that is set up because mm-hmm. that's a great argument mm-hmm. i could just as easily make the argument that i think they were just two people and the gunshots are what alerted some nearby bandits or whatever oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. but either way yeah either way yours or mine mm-hmm. the question is is it Bruder's fault mm-hmm. that their horses got stolen? Mm-hmm. And I think you said earlier that, yes, it is. It's that um, his uh, decision to shoot them is uh, directly leads to the consequence of him mm-hmm. having to shoot his horse yeah. and eventually uh, dying himself. Yeah, but um, and it's to remind us the setting where it's not just you versus the the monsters. It's you versus the elements, you versus the other parties, other survivalists in, in this time. It's the frontier. Like those ambushers have their own story. Yes, They're exactly. the heroes of their own story. Yes, they exactly. have their own wives that are kidnapped somewhere and they needed horses too. Yes, exactly. Which is, yeah, an yeah. interesting I, element. I love um, Samantha's, what does she say? And she's like, it's not the Indians, it's not this, but it's the... Because um, of these idiots, frontier life is <laughs> yeah. difficult. It's not the elements; it's the idiots. Yeah, yeah. And she's so right. She's and that's right. that's another element of uh, horror. You could say is the real world horror that I am. Not only am I putting myself in danger by going to that place, but I'm putting myself in danger by leaving my town mm-hmm. any time. Not even you can get killed in your town that's apparently. True. Yeah. Uh, by like strangers who just wander in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous time. And and you're right. It's absolutely highlighted by that ambush and by Bruder's entire character Mm -hmm. that he, oh my gosh, excuse me, (laughs) that he does not trust, period. Mm -hmm. Like he, and yet he is really freaking smart because of it. They Mm -hmm. would have died like three times without him. I think so. The bell uh, perimeter thing is super smart. Yeah. Um, His ability to wake up instantly and shoot with accuracy. He's on point. Honestly, that that scene, yeah, that scene where um, Patrick Wilson wakes up and there's a guy on top of Bruder. I thought to myself, like, how is he sure that Bruder isn't on top choking the guy out? And that's, that's part of it. Yeah. Is that like... It's like random luck, really. Or like when Arthur uh, hears the howls, but takes a nap anyway because he's just so exhausted and then instantly has to wake up, reload as quickly as he can. Oh my gosh. It's so so tense. It's so harrying. Yeah, it's great. So now we can also ask the windpipe whistle. So it's one thing to notice that, oh, okay, there's there's air coming out of this and to rip it out and things, but to put it in your mouth and assume that it'll make a noise (laughs) close enough to something that they'll react to. It's such a leap for me. It's such a leap. Like, I went with it. I went with it. I was like, they're resourceful people. He, he certainly he is. He has seen things. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was like a, a believable, 
leap. Okay. Yeah. Believable move on it, his part. It's certainly gross and gory. Yeah. Like I feel like that scene could have been cut down a little oh, gosh, bit. I how know. long he's trying to get it out it of there. It is gratuitous. And then cleaning yeah. it off. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. a lot of the gore in this is just like you you could have cut the scene a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but you're called a gory dude. Oh no, but I love it. Just like for the sake of the movie, I feel like it, it, it's it just is trying to cater to that scary crowd. Yeah. Um, and it's something that comes up in a lot of his other movies is yeah. this term neo noir. Yeah. And so I looked that up and it means exactly what you think it means. It yeah. means noir yeah. in a modern setting yeah. or, or at least a like conte- uh, contemporary context. Yeah. Not necessarily the movies are contemporary, but in the time they're being made. Yeah. And so what do you think of when you think of film noir? Uh-huh. Oh, I think of Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think of narration. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, long shots of people, you know, walking into uh, maybe a bar or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I-, I think of dialogue with a lot of subtext. Yeah, yeah, and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of talking about, like, uh... I'll cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so uh, this movie I would sooner call a Western noir, uh, maybe, like, not mystery, because they know who did it. It's yeah. more of just like a, a an adventure story, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, the horror really only comes into that third act yeah. and the fact that they're uh, uh, monsters yeah. beyond that. But the last question I had is, were they going to eat Samantha or are yes. they going to do so much worse? Oh, right. I didn't right. think about that. You're right, because they need more like incubators, more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that explains why they didn't eat her yet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that until I was talking with um, uh, my fiance. But you mentioned that uh, uh, the male gaze and it totally I thought like you like, oh, they're just saving her for last for some reason. Uh But I I, I think they had worse motives. Yeah. Which would make sense. Gosh. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, And we can only assume they don't eat their babies, but there's no kids around. There's no teens. There was that one. Oh, there are. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's Um, really important. Yeah. Because we don't see him killed. uh, Patrick Wilson shot oh, a small one. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a smaller one. Yeesh. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't register that. Oh yeah, it was. A, oh, it gosh. was a. It was clearly smaller than the other adults. Um, it was like it, I. W- I would gauge it as like ten years old. Okay. Human years. Um. Yeah, there was a smaller, like one running around that he killed. My next question is. Uh, how funny was this movie? Yeah. I was surprised yeah. at how much humor is yeah. in it. And it's not like ha-ha humor. Yeah. It's it's situational, just like yeah. every piece of humor develops the characters more in some way, and yeah. either how they tell it or how they react to it. Yeah. Um, and Chicory is the Chicory best. Chicory is the he best. He is the best character. His bath-like book obsession yeah, yeah, thing yeah. is super funny, and yeah. how he's like a kid at a sleepover, and yeah. they have to tell him be quiet. Yeah, and um, when Patrick Wilson like loses it, he loses his... Like, like temper he's like i'm sorry i lost it he, and chicory's like well i thought it made things interesting yeah or my wife used to yell at me a lot so yeah. i thought it was kind of nice yeah and it's funny we get these little hints at like chicory didn't have a great relationship with his wife oh really it seemed like oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i mean like the flea market yeah. or the, the circus the flea, the flea circus, circus yeah of like oh this is really cool and yeah. him, her just going you're an idiot yeah they're not real right right, right. but yeah. um i think it's uh it's something that is interesting in the movie in that Arthur and Samantha have an almost anachronistically positive relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I get Arthur is a sensitive cowboy, mm-hmm. but as contrasted with uh, Kurt Russell and his wife, how mm-hmm. terse they are and how, mm-hmm. let's not have words on this, mm-hmm. I say what goes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, like, 
in this era, mm-hmm. there's much more, like you said, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. misogyny, mm-hmm. Um, straight up sexism and racism that Samantha thankfully mm-hmm. doesn't experience in yeah. this town. Yeah, and it it, it, uh, it comes off as like since that's the only image that we see of a husband and wife, you can assume, oh, everyone's like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's nice that Chicory and Nadine's relationship sounded a little more in line with the time, except that yeah. she was kind of like a, she could stand up for herself, yeah. which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just maybe a little mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all old couple people. They like pick on each other. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, because they've been he with each other. He clearly loves her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she did him too, obviously. And and I think it's to contrast Chicory's characteristic of being this like naive kind of grown person. Yeah, and, he's like a big kid. Yeah, he's a big kid. But the the Nadine character was like more grounded and real and hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was for those reasons, but it's stuff like that, that expands this movie yeah. beyond just its scenes. Yeah. It's, it's that world building that makes me want to come back to it. It's yeah. so weird how I want to come back to the town. Yeah, I, I really want to see how they react to O'Dwyer, Mrs. O'Dwyer yeah, coming yeah, yeah, back yeah. in like a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something like, how are they going to walk I know. all the way and back? And he will need that, to amputate his leg. Oh, definitely. She's going to have to chop it off. So that's a question that I usually ask my guests is what happens when the credits roll? That mm-hmm. after the movie ends, what do you think happens? Do they make it all the way back uneventful and everything's fine? Yeah, I think they make it back, but he's going to have to chop his leg off. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember, did they drink all their water and food by yeah. the time they got there? I think they did. So hopefully they can get to a canal or something. Yeah, and- yeah there was a pond where they refilled okay. that one time. That's right. When that's they right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. When they were sleeping during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the whole, like most of the movie is them traveling from one point to another, and that could I could easily see like if you told me that how boring that sounds, yeah. and yet there's just enough there. Even when it's an uneventful night of them just walking, you still get a chance for like Chicory to flesh himself out yeah. or for Bruder to talk um, yeah. about his past. It's so great. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I think that's everything for my questions. Was there anything left unanswered that you were wondering about from this movie? Um, no, I think I just like, I'm, I'm, thank you for watching it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so then, yeah. And put this, put this up, even though it technically isn't horror. I'm still going to count it. And I'm really <laughs> glad that you brought it to me. So our last segment here, uh, as we do every episode on the gory. Do- oh, wait, what? I forgot. We had another segment that I wanted to do. <laughs> Screaming themes. <laughs> this is where we talk about the themes uh-huh. of the movie that stuck out to us and how they're, uh, capitalized on the first one uh, being blame the Hmm. theme of feeling responsible for putting your loved ones and your friends and family into harm's way that the sheriff blames himself for Mrs. O'Dwyer being put into the situation that needs to go there because he shot the guy in the foot like he knew he wasn't supposed to and so he carries that blame and he ultimately succumbs to it at the very yeah. end he yeah. tells his wife or his wife tells him come back and he doesn't yeah and it's kind of the consequence of his actions yeah and he tells um chicory is it um say goodbye to my wife i'll say hello to yours oh my god oh. i love that yeah. i love that oh and when when nick is getting killed and he's telling him we will avenge you oh yeah and then chicory asks 
Did it, you are we really? That? And he's like, no, that's just what I would want to hear. Yeah. And if that wasn't sad enough, when Arthur's actually dying, yeah. Chicory's yelling the lie that yeah. he wants to hear, and you know it's yeah. a lie. And, oh, God, it's giving me chills right now. I know. <laughs> it's, it's got so much heart. So the sheriff blames himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bruder uh, blames him, uh, or doesn't blame himself, but he holds the blame for their horses getting lost, mm-hmm. for their horses getting taken, because he shot uh, Ramiro and mm-hmm. his assistant, or his associate. Yeah. Um, and so he carries that blame that, once again, he succumbs to at the end, and he has to redeem himself mm-hmm. uh chicory doesn't really i don't think there's any no, blame no, no. he doesn't feel anything about his wife or anything like that no. but um arthur blames himself for being for not listening to his wife yeah. about going up on that roof and now he's got this leg and now he can't escort her to the prison and hang yeah. out with her that night and now yeah. she's gone there uh there does mrs o'dwyer blame herself um no i don't she think hasn't so done no wrong. she doesn't have any blame she yeah. has all the agency she was doing the right <laughs> yeah, thing yeah she was yeah and she's punished for yeah. it but thank god I, she doesn't were you die. surprised when bruder came to the door and the doctor was the female uh, well, I was surprised that, uh, I think the way that the line is, he comes there and he's like looking up and down her. And so my first <laughs> yeah. instinct was like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, oh, blank is like drunk. So yeah. we came to get you. Uh, I see what you're trying to do. I, just, I think you're trying to say like, did you expect the doctor to be a man? <laughs> no, cause, no, cause I thought, oh, Patrick Wilson must be the doctor. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I guess so. I wasn't really thinking about yeah. that. One sec. No, I don't think I was thinking about it. I wish I had. I wish I had a more oh. interesting answer to your question. Oh, but no, 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 uh, no. were you? you? You said you yeah, were because yeah. you expected. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know she was going to be the doctor. Yeah. Up until then, she was just like a doting wife exactly yeah and she explains like oh this is the longest time we've been together since uh we got married mm-hmm. uh which again is very realistic like mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, i court you we spend a lot of time when i want to get there and now i marry you so whatever i'm just gonna leave you yeah. al- alone forever yeah um yeah that's an interesting thing the uh the doctor being a woman and even so what is her real role in that town is she like a scene? I don't know what she does. She's not the doctor? No, she's no. She's just they, a backup doctor? Yeah, yeah. She's a backup doctor because they explain that the real doctor is drunk and uh-huh. they can't wake him up. Um, and he's not shown, but yeah. yeah uh, they say like, wait, get the doctor. And if he's in his cups, give him some coffee. Uh-huh. And they don't. And they get her instead. Oh, yeah. And I guess she's good enough that she can, you know, extract a bullet. Oh, God. Even that scene yeah. was right. Like- Medical horror always comes <laughs> off really good because it is real. Yeah. Like, you could watch um, Discovery Health and see real gore and more gore than this movie has. Gross. <laughs> it's a funny, like, if you think about it. <laughs> so uh, I can't think of anybody else that carries the theme of blame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to move to the theme of belief. Mm. And especially, like the the like chicory's choosing to believe that the fleas are real yeah and samantha being really nice and validating that for him yeah. which is a sweet moment yeah um and uh uh the sheriff believing that uh um that uh mrs o'dwyer is alive mm-hmm. like everything on paper is saying we're not we're gonna find a dead body yeah. we're gonna get there and she's dead but mm-hmm. they're all holding on to that belief arthur mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. that 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 she's a, that yeah she's alive mm-hmm. and you could say that uh 
Samantha doesn't seem like she's despondent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like she's completely lost hope. Yeah. She even asks, is Arthur alive? Yeah. Is he coming to get me? Yeah. Or no, I think oh, she, she says, she is Arthur dead? dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of the same question, yeah, yeah, but yeah, she is. was expecting bad news. Yeah, because um, they're all idiots. <laughs> yeah. And then the other question, uh, and the other like belief is that Arthur will make it to yeah. her. Like he knows his leg is broken and he knows yeah. it's going to be a hard thing. And, he believes though that he yeah. will find her yeah. and I almost didn't expect him to succeed. Yeah. I expect, I, I did expect him to make it to the cave, yeah. but I thought he was going to sacrifice himself to save Samantha and uh-huh. it would just be Samantha and chicory leaving. Oh, what did, did yeah. you, did you expect him to make it at all? Um, no, yeah. I, I mean, the obstacles were just insurmountable. Um, Seriously. And like just walking. Yeah. And with his broken leg and mm-hmm. no horses. Uh huh. And following, like, the rocks yeah. on the ground, which yeah. is a confusing thing, because yeah. he says, leave the four rocks so I can follow you. Yeah. And, then and I was like, how was, are you going to see it? I, I kept expecting, like, oh, big rocks. Like, he has to put big rocks in, like, yeah. a triangle or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, three tiny rocks in a line. Right, I know. And in the dark, how they, is he supposed to... I know. They Back then, they had skills that we don't have today. Exactly. You know, he oriented our... the stars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. And then the final theme, which is the mysticism element. Mm-hmm. And it's really only played into the, the the cannibals. But I feel like we already touched on that one. Mm-hmm. Were there any other themes that you noticed that I didn't touch, uh, I didn't think about? I guess there's the husband-wife uh, element, the family theme. Yeah. That the sheriff has his wife. Uh, Chicory has his uh, his late wife yeah uh, arthur has his wife and bruder is the only one who doesn't and how he's affected by that he's a completely different excuse me person yeah because he doesn't have a, a so in his life yeah so i guess that's another theme that i wrung out of this <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get to the last segment which is where we rate the movie we're going to rate this movie on a scale of one to five thumbs one being the worst and five being the best me what'd you think of bone tomahawk Five thumbs. Five thumbs right out the gate. Really? Is this like yeah. a, a favorite of yours? I mean, I just love everything about the movie. <laughs> That's there, fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't criticize any. I mean, I couldn't. I don't have any criticisms of any area of the movie. Wow. Dialogue, Well, then what were your favorite parts, if you uh, can think? My favorite part. Oh, or maybe your favorite characters. I think it, it chicory is okay, great. Me too. And Kurt Russell at the end, um, his like noble death, his heroic like sacrifice. Um, his breathing really gets to yeah. me. How it's so labored, and he's like drowning in his blood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a great performance. Yeah, super great. And uh, who are you going to award those five thumbs? You really dug yourself a hole here. <laughs> if you uh, want, you can give all five to one character, or uh-huh. split them up however you want. Um, Kurt Russell gets. Three. He's so good. Yeah. He's good Ch- in everything. Yeah, he is. Chicory gets one. Okay. Samantha gets one. Nice. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's five. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. I am so glad you brought this movie to me. There's no way that I would have seen it without you. And even like the poster yeah. and the name of it, like Bone yeah. Tomahawk, yeah. almost... It, it immediately implies to me that, oh, Indians are the bad guys in this movie. Yeah. I don't want to watch a movie that, that like supports that. Yeah. Um, but going into it and seeing just like all these characters and this world yeah. building right from point one, yeah. even with David Arquette and Sid Haig's uh, uh, characters at the beginning, yeah. the uh, the the 
monsters in it are so grounded and mm-hmm. so realistic yeah. that even with a gun, they can throw a tomahawk from yeah. the same distance and get you, yeah, uh, like just as quickly and just as deadly, yeah, um, if not worse, because then they're gonna torture you, which which the gun won't do, <laughs> um, and. Uh, the cinematography is amazing. Yeah. Those long shots of them walking through the night or uh, Arthur falling down a hill or something. The mm-hmm. sound design, as I mentioned, the cracking and the location scouting. Like, I can't yeah. tell you where this movie takes place, yeah. but I I know it's in the middle of, like, Nowhere. America. Mm-hmm. There's miles of that. Uh, and, and it's really cool to get that, which is ironic because they filmed it in Southern California. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a location scout for you. Um, so I... Uh, and the third act is ridiculous. It takes the first two acts, which is this grounded, character-driven Western, and turns it into one set that, honestly, the walls of it, like, I know you just gave it five thumbs, but I'm going to... to oh, yeah, to, what do you give? The, well, the end of that that cave looks like chicken wire and paper mache in the back to me. It doesn't look like, like the rest of the cave. It feels like there is a dip in like the production value for the set of the cave versus the real okay. world landscape. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you can't compete. Um, but I'm not knocking it for that. I'm knocking it for just the, the overall tone of that third act. Um, and so I'm going to give it four thumbs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not perfect. Yeah. I've given some uh, past movies, but I have to base it on my criteria of the gory days. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We've seen a lot of body horror in movies like Hellraiser and stuff. So I'm yeah. going to give this one four thumbs. <clears throat> And I'm going to award my thumbs. I'm going to give one to the mayor, uh, played by Jameson Newlander, who is such an unnecessary character. He comes in for his wife to be established as like kind of uh, like boast, not boastful, but like haughty. And no, that means the same thing. What do I mean? She's just like she speaks for the mayor and Mm -hmm. she's kind of just this big personality that comes in. And then the mayor gets maybe one line, I think. (laughs) So I think he deserves a a thumb. I'm going to give another thumb to Mr. Wallington played by Michael Pare. It says here who I guess is like the, the town (laughs) rich person. Yeah. I think it's safe to assume that he owns half the buildings in town. He owns the stable and we can only Uh assume he owns the horses. So like, trickle down economics works here when he buys something then that then the bartender can now go out and buy something and the rest of the town uh, gets funded that way um so uh even though he's uh, the man who doesn't need anything i'm gonna give him a thumb mm. i'm also going to give uh, one thumb to clarence played by fred melamed who i know from um uh, <laughs> uh maria bamford show on Netflix. Now I can't remember the name of it. Um, just, Lady Dynamite. Okay. Uh, he plays Bruce, her agent, and he's so funny on that on that show. But he does a great job in this movie. Yeah. It, honestly, his scenes feel like stage plays, yeah. the way he acts. Yeah. There's something about it that yeah, feels yeah, yeah. like a theater production. And finally, I'm going to give the very, very last thumb to Chicory, Richard Jenkins. He is amazing. Did you see um, Lady in the Water? Yes. He's so good in Lady yeah. in the Water. He's so good in everything. Yeah, he is. Um, I wish I could give him just five thumbs. But uh, yeah. So that's Bone Tomahawk. Mihi, is there anywhere uh, that people can find you online if they want to follow up with you? Um, see what you're doing? I'm just on, I don't post much. Okay. I'm on Instagram. Okay. Um, and what's that handle? We'll be sure to put that in the description. At Mihi Haha. And uh, Mihi spelled M I H U I. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Mihi haha on Instagram. <laughs> uh, other than that, 
thanks for coming on to the show. Yeah, Any final thoughts? Me. Thanks for having me. Okay. And you. I love your intro outro music. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. God, that's such a high compliment. Uh, well, uh, I don't know how much into horror you are generally, but maybe we could have you on the show again sometime. Oh, bring yeah. in another movie. I'm totally yeah. in. Hear about what's going on I'm at Cindy Cowan. I'm coming back. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? It's a promise. We got her. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, thanks for listening to The Gory Days for another week. Stay scary out there. The Gory Days.